Happy Labor Day. How are you this Labor Day weekend? Good? Outstanding, I heard. That's good. You're here. You're not all off camping somewhere. Well, glad you came. So I, I thought it'd be appropriate since it's Labor Day to have some Labor Day trivia to get us started this morning. We'll see once, uh, see once if you do any better than the morning service. I have like four questions. Maybe they got two right. There's a dispute. It's being reviewed by the judges. So see if you can do better. There's an easy one, I thought, to get us started this morning, but it's like pulling teeth to get the answer in the early service. Who knows why we celebrate Labor Day? Raise your hand high. Oh, it's going to be a, it's like a reliving the morning service. <laughs> Don't think too hard. It's Labor Day. Oh, Cheryl, yell it out. No. <laughs> You're right. We get a day off, but what do we celebrate, Char? I'm going to stay with you. You got one more chance. No, we don't celebrate not working. Okay, now I hear it. The rest of you are holding back. Well, where were you to begin with? Okay, so your answer is what well, we celebrate the working men and women of this great country. Yes? Well, let's see what the answer is. Survey says, what's the answer? Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. Okay. You're 0 for 1. Oh, you saw the, no, you saw the right answer. What's the right answer, Micah? Yeah, you jumped ahead a slide on me, Micah. You're on probation now the rest of the sermon. Okay, so, okay you're 1 for 1. Second one, how about this one? Who knows? Now, this one's a little harder, I think. So you're in a lot of trouble. Who knows why Labor Day is celebrated the first Monday in September? No. Yes, it's true. We get a three-day weekend. But why did they pick? All the other Mondays are taken? It sounds like some of the tests I read from teens who don't know the answers. I've got to put something. What's that? No, I, it, well, that's a great guess, but that's not what I read this week. Nobody knows. Well, it's come to mark the end of summer, but that's not why, because it's really not officially the date that fall begins. That's a little bit later, right? Nobody knows? Oh, what? Harvest? Harvest? Uh, no, it really doesn't have anything to do with harvest. Okay, that answer's way too long. <laughs> To be correct. <laughs> okay, here's what. what. One more, one more. Go ahead, go ahead, Michael. Because that's when Jerry Lewis does the telephone. That's it. No, that's not it. All right, what's the answer? This is the answer. They picked a day halfway between Independence Day and Thanksgiving. See, you got, you're trying to be too clever. This is a halfway point. All right. What are you, one for two? Okay, here's the third one. Think it's an easy one. Well, I don't know. What other country celebrates Labor Day right along with us on the first Monday in September? Answer is what? Canada. Let's see it might. Yo, good job. And finally, you need this one to beat the early service. And it's one of those rare opportunities for history majors to shine right now, right? What president signed Labor Day into federal law? Now, before you answer, you get like one guess. So if you, if you really know, raise your hand. Because I have people like, somebody rattled off 40 presidents in a row. That's the one under review with the judges. 
Okay, I see a hand. But who, who did it? Oh, show the answer, Micah. Grover Cleveland, she nailed it. Yeah, all of you, all of you are sitting there. Yeah, I knew that, Grover Cleveland. Yeah, Grover. <laughs> all right, you are now prepared to proceed with your Labor Day weekend. You can wow your friends and neighbors and just anyone with your Labor Day knowledge. Who says we don't learn anything in church, right? My goodness. Okay, I have been thinking a lot about parables the past few weeks because uh, parables is going to be the focus of our study. We're calling the series, like Ryan said, Beyond the Shadow, although I like how he said it, Beyond the Shadow. But it's going to be a series on parables, and we start that beginning next week through Thanksgiving. It's going to be a lot of fun. So this morning I thought I'd reward you with a prequel. Uh, uh, of sorts to the series. We'll introduce the series proper next week, but for your trouble in being here this morning as a bonus for you on Labor Day weekend, you will be better prepared. And it's all about competition between brothers and sisters in Christ, so you will be better prepared for our parable series. And what I thought I'd do is um, I'm going to start the service by reading you a parable. Not one from the Bible, but uh, from a different author. And it's a parable that carries with it, I think, an important lesson for all of us, especially this time of year as summer winds down and kids go back to school and we start to feel even busier, if that's possible. And it's a parable written by Dr. Spencer Johnson. And uh, Dr. Johnson, best known for his book, best known for his book, Who Moved My Cheese? An Amazing Way to Deal with Change in Your Work and in Your Life. Intriguing title, isn't it? Not going to read that book. But in 1984, in 1984, he also published a lesser-known book, a short story called The Precious Present. And it caught my eyes years ago, and I thought I'd share it and its valuable lesson with you this morning. It really is a parable. So it's story time this uh, Labor Day Sunday morning to begin with and a bit of practice for us in what it feels like to work with parables before our upcoming series, Beyond the Shadow. So this is The Precious Present by Spencer Johnson. Once there was a boy who listened to an old man and thus began to learn about the precious present. It is a present because it is a gift, the contented man explained, and it is precious because anyone who receives such a present is happy forever. Wow, the little boy exclaimed. I hope someone gives me the precious present. Maybe I'll get it for Christmas. And the boy ran off to play, and the old man smiled. He liked to watch the little boy play. He saw the smile on the youngster's face and heard him laughing as he swung from a nearby tree. The boy was happy and it was a joy to see. The old man also liked to watch the boy work. He even rose early on Saturday mornings to watch the little laborer mow the lawn across the street. The boy actually whistled while he worked. The child was happy no matter what he was doing. It was indeed a joy to behold. 
When he thought about what the old man had said, the boy thought he understood. He knew about presents like the bicycle that he got for his birthday and the gifts he found under the tree on Christmas morning. But as the boy thought about it, he knew the joy of toys never lasts forever. The boy began to feel uneasy. What then, he wondered, is the precious present? What could possibly make me happy forever? He found it difficult to even imagine the answer, and so he returned to ask the old man, Is the present a magical ring? What one that I might put on my finger and make all my wishes come true? No, he was told, the precious present has nothing to do with wishing. As the boy grew older, he continued to wonder, and he went to the old man. Is the precious present a flying carpet, he inquired, one that I could get on and go any place that I liked? No, the old man quietly replied. When you have the precious present, you will be perfectly content to be where you are. The boy was becoming a young man now and felt a bit foolish for asking, but he was uncomfortable. He began to see that he was not achieving what he wanted. Is the precious present, he slowly ventured, a sunken treasure? Perhaps the rare gold coins buried by pirates long ago. No, young man, the old man told him, it is not. The richness is rare indeed, but the wealth of the present comes only from itself. The young man thought for a moment. Then he became annoyed. You told me, the young man said, that anyone who receives such a present would be happy forever. I never got such a gift as a child. I'm afraid you don't understand, the old man responded. You already know what the precious present is. You already know where to find it, and you already know how it can make you happy. You knew it best when you were a small child. You have simply forgotten. The young man went away to think. But as time passed, he became frustrated and finally angry. He eventually confronted the old man. If you want me to be happy, the young man shouted, why don't you just tell me what the precious present is? And where to find it, the old man volleyed. Yes, exactly, the young man demanded. I would like to, the old man began, but I do not have such power. No one does. Only you have the power to make yourself happy, the old man said. Only you. The precious present is not something that someone gives you. It is a gift that you give yourself. The young man was confused but determined, and he resolved to find the precious present himself. And so he packed his bag he left where he was, and he went elsewhere to look for the precious present. After many frustrating years, the man grew tired of looking for the precious present. He had read all the latest books, and he had looked in the Wall Street Journal. He had looked in the mirror and into the faces of other people. He had wanted so much to find the precious present. He had gone to extraordinary lengths. He had looked for it at the tops of mountains and in gold, uh, cold, dark caves. He had searched for it in dense, humid jungles and underneath the seas, but it was all to no avail. His stressful search had exhausted him. He even became ill occasionally, but he did not know why. 
The man returned wearily to the old man's side. The old man was happy to see him. They often laughed out loud together. The young man liked to be with the old man. He felt happy in his presence. He guessed that this was because the old man felt happy with himself. It wasn't that the old man's life was so trouble-free. He didn't appear to have a lot of money. He seemed to be alone most of the time. In fact, there was no apparent reason why he was so much happier and healthier than most people. But happy he was, and so were those who spent time with him. Why does it feel so good to be with him, the young man wondered. Why? He left, wondering. After many years, the once young man returned to inquire further. He was now very unhappy and often ill. He needed to talk with the old man. But the old man had grown very, very old. And all too soon he spoke no more. The wise voice could no longer be heard. The man was alone. At first he was saddened by the loss of his old friend. And then he became frightened, very frightened. He was afraid that he would never learn how to be happy until he finally accepted what had always been true. He was the only one who could find his own happiness. The unhappy man recalled what the happy old man had told him so many years ago. But as hard as he tried, he could not figure it out. Figure it out. He tried to understand what he had heard. The present has nothing to do with wishing. When you have the present, you will be perfectly content to be where you are, The richness of the present comes from its own source. The present is not something that someone gives to you. It is something you give to yourself. The unhappy man was now tired of looking for the precious present. He had grown so tired of trying that he simply stopped trying. And then it happened. He didn't know why it happened when it happened. It just happened. He realized that the precious present was just that. The present. Not the past and not the future, but the precious present. And in an instant, the man was happy. He realized that he was in the precious present. And he raised both hands triumphantly into the cool, fresh air. He was joyous for one moment. But then, just as quickly as he had discovered it, he let the joy of the present moment evaporate. He slowly lowered his hands, touched his forehead, and frowned. The man was unhappy again. Why, he asked himself, didn't I see the obvious long ago? Why have I missed so many precious moments? Why has it taken me so long to live in the present As the man remembered his fruitless travels around the world in his search for the precious present, he knew how much happiness he had lost. He had not experienced what each special time and place had to offer. He had missed a great deal, and he felt sad. The man continued to berate himself. And then he saw what he was doing. He observed that he was trapped by his guilt about his past. When he became aware of his unhappiness and of his being in the past, he returned to the present moment and he was happy. But then the man began to worry about the future. 
Will I, he asked, be able to know the joy of living in the present, uh, the precious present tomorrow? Then he saw he was living in the future and laughed at himself. He listened to what he now knew, and he heard the wisdom of his own voice. It is wise for me to think about the past and to learn from my past, but it is not wise for me to be in the past, for that is how I lose myself. It's also wise to think about the future and to prepare for my future, but it is not wise for me to be in the future, for that too is how I lose myself. And when I lose myself, I lose what is most precious to me. It was so simple, and now he saw it. The present nourished him. But the man knew it was not going to be easy. Learning to be in the present was a process he was going to have to do over and over again and again until it became a part of him. And now he knew why he enjoyed being with the old man. The old man was totally present when he was with the younger man. The old man was not thinking about something else or wishing he was somewhere else. He was fully present and it felt good to be with such a person. The younger man smiled at himself the way the old man used to smile. He knew. I can choose to be happy now or I can try to be happy when or if the old man chose now. And now the man was happy. He felt at peace with himself. He agreed to savor each moment in his life, the apparently good and the apparently bad. Even if he didn't understand, for the first time in his life, it didn't matter. He accepted each of his precious moments on this planet as a gift. I know that some people choose to receive the precious present when they are young, others in middle age, and some when they are very old. Some people sadly never do. I can choose to receive the precious present whenever I want. As the man sat thinking, he felt fortunate. He was who he was where he was, and now he knew. He would always be who he was where he was. He listened again to his thoughts. The present is what is. It is valuable, even if I do not know why. It is already just the way it is supposed to be. When I see the present, accept the present, and experience the present, I am well, and I am happy. Pain. Pain is simply the difference between what is and what I want it to be. When I feel guilty over my imperfect past or I'm anxious over my unknown future, I do not live in the present. I experience pain. I make myself ill, and I am unhappy. My past was the present, and my future will be the present. The present moment is the only reality I ever experience. As long as I continue to stay in the present, I am happy forever because forever is always the present. The present is simply who I am, just the way I am right now, and it is precious. I am precious. I am the precious present. It was as though he could hear the old man talking, and then he smiled, and his smile widened, and he laughed, and he felt a great joy. He knew he was listening not to the old man but to himself. It felt good to be with himself just the way he was. 
He felt he knew enough. He felt he had enough. He felt he was enough now. He had finally found the precious present and was completely happy. Several decades later, the man had grown into a happy, prosperous, and healthy old man. One day, a little girl came by to talk to him. She liked to listen to the old man, as she called him. It was fun to be with him. There was something special about him, but she didn't know what it was. One day, the little girl began to really listen to the old man. Somehow, she sensed something important in his calm voice. He seemed to be very happy. The little girl couldn't understand why. How could someone so old, she wondered, be so happy? She asked, and the old man told her why. And then all of a sudden, the little girl jumped up and squealed with delight. As the girl ran off to play, the old man smiled, for he heard what she had said. Wow, she exclaimed, I hope someday someone gives me the precious present. That's the precious present by Dr. Spencer Johnson. And you know, while not on its face Christian, this parable packs a lot of Christian and biblical truth. We may need to forgive the story for overlooking or at least failing to mention God. And we may need to see past a rather suspicious amount of emphasis on a person finding the secret to forever happiness within himself or in his own power. But on the assumption that all truth is indeed God's truth, there nevertheless is a powerful Christian message in this story because God, too, did you know, wants us to live in the precious present. The devil works hard to get us lost in regret and resentment and shame and anger over our past. He tries to cripple us by getting us to live in the past. He also tries to trip us up with worry, fear, and preoccupation with the future. Do you guys ever feel like I do sometimes, that, that you live your life for the next event you have scheduled rather than for the right now moments in life? When I take people to Israel, that future living destination-oriented tendency in us always shows up. For the first half of the trip, I get daily questions like, how long until we get there? Or where are we going? They stop asking me those questions the second half of the trip because they soon realize it's useless because I never tell them. When people see the trip itinerary before we go over there, some are a bit indignant even. I get like a pointed email over the lack of detail. Everyone wants to know where they are going. And while I understand there are good reasons to want to know how long or where, the reason I respond by just nodding affirmatively or answering yes and then start talking about something else, it's not only I'm trying to be some sort of control freak, 
It's intentional on my part because I want to try and model the trip experience to what I believe God wants our life experience to be like. Living in the now moments, realizing that we've already arrived at our destination every moment. And trusting that the future has been planned by someone else, whether, whether my travel leadership team on the trip or God in real life. And it's not a lesson that comes easy for most of us. It doesn't come easy for me to try and focus on being where we are in present moments. And God is all over the importance of the precious present in the Bible. In Matthew 4, we discover that everything that Jesus taught is about the immediacy of the kingdom of God. God's presence and his reign in our lives right now. From that time on, the Gospels tell us, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So near in the Greek, it's here, it's at hand, it's there to be experienced right now if we choose to engage it right now. In Matthew 10, Jesus in turn tells his disciples and through them us, preach that same message. The kingdom of heaven is near, so near it can and needs to be experienced right now. Because when we experience the kingdom now, we don't get lost in worrying about the future. Seek first God's at-hand kingdom, Jesus urges. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, believe me, will worry about itself. Live now. When we pray, Jesus says, ask God for daily bread, enough for right now in the present. And Jesus is an amazing example of this, of someone who lived in the right now moments of his life. He tells us that while even foxes and birds have places to settle down and to live, that Jesus had no place to lay his head Right now, kingdom living so dominated his life, he lives so much in the moment that the other concerns of life, even family obligations, while important, are less important than right now living in the kingdom of God. Why all the biblical emphasis on the precious present, do you think? Two reasons, and oh my goodness, these always seem to be the two reasons. The two reasons God wants us in the precious present is God and others. It's God because when we embrace the present moment by moment, it helps us to surrender to God who is there in the present with us right now. He's here with us right now. And if we're caught living in the past or if we're caught living in the future, there sits God with us right now wondering, where are you? I need you here right now with me. Life is short. When we embrace the present moment by moment, it helps us to surrender to God, being present there with us right now. The parable we read is correct, of course. The present is indeed our only reality right now. And embracing the present helps us to embrace God who is present right now with us, and even in us. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, Jesus urges. Abide in me, and I will abide in you, the King James puts it. Be still, God says, in the other half of that Psalm 46 that we sung this morning. Be still, and know that I am God. Shh. Listen. Right now. 
to the God whispers all around you, as our friend Margaret Feinberg might say. Be fully where you are right now and surrender to God in the conversation of daily walk in that moment and hear him whispering to us right now. And what that does for others around us when we are fully with them in the present, oh, the power of that in our relationships, the blessing that we become, the blessings that we in our surrender to God right now living allow God to pour through us to others in healing and in love when we are fully with them. The power of that is it's supernatural when we are fully present with people. How many of you, how many of you have had the delightful experience of being with someone only they aren't really there with you? Yeah? I do that to people all the time. I confess that to you. And Father, ask your forgiveness. I'm trying so much harder not to be that way. They seem distracted or preoccupied or even disinterested. It's just lovely, isn't it, when you're with someone like that? When you talk to them, their eyes are anywhere but on yours. And they're looking around to see like who else is in the room or what else is going on, right? Ladies, you take your husband or boyfriend or date or friend who is a male at least, some girls too, but you take them to a sports bar or restaurant that has the game on TV. That screen could be 50 yards away, but his eyes will find it, won't they? And then there's texting. Don't you just love this? When you're sitting there talking to someone, they're talking to you. I'll talk to George. George and I are having lunch and we're oh, talking, yeah. and then all sure. you know, George is telling you, and I just like. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go on. I just, you know, I just guess it. Yeah, I know. I just. Yeah. Really? I, you know, I feel that way too. I feel your pain. Thank you. <laughs> this morning I took my phone out in the early service. I kid you not, Jill, who's in the mountains with my mom and dad, okay, texted me. You want to hear what she said? <laughs> can I read this to you? Yes, I can read this to you. Hope it went great this morning. Was praying for you. <laughs> and whether someone's in person with you and texting like, where are they? Or whether it's, you know, some of you, you could text ten people at the same time. And those on the receiving end of those texts, by the way, we know, because it takes forever and a year for you to get back to us. What did you say? People simultaneously having multiple conversations at once. Don't multitask. It's like looked at as a gift. It's a great thing to multitask. Okay, maybe in some sense. 
But not when you're with someone, not when you want to be fully present, simultaneously having these... Who are you with, fully with? Nobody! One thing, one huge thing you can do for others, and in doing it, you show God's love in an amazing way. Be fully present with people when you are with them. No distractions, no looking away. You're there with them. And like the little boy and the girl in the parable we read, they will wonder what it is about being with you that is just so refreshing and wonderful and contagious. Certainly it's God's Spirit living and dwelling in you, but working through your choice to be fully present, to find that precious present with God, and you're passing it along, passing along that blessing to them by being all there in their present with them. In fact, I challenge you to do that this week. Many of you with family, friends, or something going on Labor Day with the people you are with this week, practice that this week. Whoever you're with, be fully there with them. As far as you're concerned, they are your precious present, your world when you're with them. And parents, or teachers, or coaches, or anyone who has the honor of working with teens or with kids, do you know what they are most hungry from for you? They tell me this all the time. Be there with them. All there. With an undivided spirit or attention. From the teens I teach to my own kids, there, there is a desperation for someone, anyone, to truly be all there with them. I'm not sure I can think of a more valuable gift, a more valuable present you can give to your kids, or to your spouse for that matter, or to anyone that you are all there with them when you're with them. Jesus once said that in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven right now, we need to become like little children. Many debate what that means to become like little children exactly. One answer at least is kids are often better than adults at living in the present. Overcoming pain in the past. My goodness, kids are resilient. And trusting that the future will be all right once we get there and it becomes our present. And I know we need to encourage kids to learn from their past. I know we need to encourage them to plan. But don't push them so hard in the name of maturity that it pushes them to live in those places. We can learn from them too and their ability to be present. I love our story this morning of the little boy swinging from a tree and whistling while he mows the lawn and the little girl squealing with delight as she runs off to play. Maybe a good assignment for us this week is to go find a tree and swing from it. Or to whistle while you work. Dave Beatty is in Kansas with Lisa this weekend, so I get to talk about him. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Dave, and his wife and kids will tell you this too, just ask him, the man whistles while he works. I hear him coming into the office or down the hall like some sort of belled cat, throwing his whistle out in front of his steps. Now, i got to tell you, Dave's a master planner for the future, and he has a wealth of helpful experience from his past. 
but he also knows how to embrace his present walk with God and with others. That's our takeaway lesson this morning. Be fully present with God and with everyone he puts in your path. I'll bet, I'll just bet Jesus would blow us away with his ability to be fully present. I'll bet he was like that during his lifetime on earth. Can you imagine running up to where he is teaching a group? Running up maybe from behind him a little bit? Seeing the back of his head as he's passionately teaching about the kingdom of heaven? Drawing his attention your way with a gesture or clearing your throat or asking a question and he turns to face you as you come closer those eyes peering into yours those eyes strangely mixed with the joy of the Lord and his deep sorrow over the suffering his creation is enduring Oh, I bet when he looked at you, he was all there with you. And you would feel like you were the only person in the world for him at that moment in time. I long for those moments when I can feel that God looks at me that way. And people long for it too, I think, whether they know it or not. And one way they can have God look at them that way is through us, because God lives and dwells in us. The old hymn catches it. You know it, I think, but I'll put the words on the screen. And I'd like to invite you to stand. We'll sing the refrain just as our benediction this morning. It's an example, I think. It catches in song, I think, what happens when we surrender to God, surrender to Jesus, and are fully present with him and in our turn with others. Let's sing it. Do you know the tune? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh, my brothers and sisters, be Jesus in that way to someone this week. Be fully present with them. Be someone who, when people are with you, the things of earth grow strangely dim because you and God dwelling in you are in their precious present with them. And who knows? Maybe, maybe as a result, in fact, given the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm certain that as a result, they will exclaim one day, so help them, God, as the little girl did. Because they encountered you, they will exclaim one day, Wow! I want the precious present, too. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you know how often it is that we get mired in living in our past 
and how crippling it can be. And Father, you know, you know how preoccupied we can be with our future and our calendars and what we're doing next. Ah, Father, would you call us back from living in the future and living in the past to living in the right now moments that you give us, no matter what they are, come what may, moment by moment living with you, surrendering to your presence right now with us, moment by moment. And Father, would you use that gift, that blessing, that we can give to others to indeed bless others, that through our all there right now in the moment living with them in their precious present, that they would see you and your son in and through us and desire to have that precious present too. Father, we love you. And we ask this in the matchless name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and all God's people said, Amen. Have a great Labor Day, y'all. Be careful out there. Everyone's on the road, right? God bless you all.